Father, regardless of the amount of finances that you give us to steward, may each of us be found faithful. May none of us be swayed from our faith in these things, knowing that you giveth and taketh away. You alone know what is best for us and exactly what we need. Thank you, Lord, for always providing for our needs. In Jesus' name, amen. Disclose.tv tweets this morning, Justin, Biden will speak about U.S. banking system at 9 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. And I read this tweet and I say, blah, 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 blah. Let's see what our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ has to say about this supposed banking crisis, which brings us to the title of today's episode number 72, Bank Crisis, number 72, Matthew chapter 6, verses 24 through 34. No man can serve two masters, for either he will hate the one and love the other, or else he will hold to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and mammon. Therefore, I say unto you, take no thought for your life, what you shall eat or what you shall drink, nor yet for your body what you shall put on. Is not the life more than meat and the body than raiment? Behold the fowls of the air, for they sow not, neither do they reap, nor gather into barns, yet your heavenly Father feedeth them. Are you not much better than they? Which of you by taking thought can add one cubit unto his stature? And why take you thought for raiment? Consider the lily of the lilies of the field, how they grow, they toil not, neither do they spin. Yet I say unto you that even Solomon in all his glory was not arrayed like one of these. Wherefore, if God so clothed the grass of the field, which today is and tomorrow is cast into the oven, shall he not much more clothe you, O ye of little faith? Now remember that, O ye of little faith. Therefore take no thought saying, what shall we eat or what shall we drink or whither shall we be clothed? For after all these things do Gentiles seek. For your heavenly Father knoweth that you have need of all these things, but seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things shall be added unto you. Take therefore no thought for the morrow, for the morrow shall take thought for the things of itself sufficient unto the day is the evil thereof. I also want you to notice in this passage where the Jesus says, for after all these things do the Gentiles seek. Now he's speaking in the reference of the world being broken down into two categories, the Jews and the Gentiles. So keep this in mind. Now this morning, we wake up to another tweet from Disclose.tv that says, Justin, First Republic Bank plunges 66.6% in pre-market. Why does it always have to be 666? I can't make this stuff up. So here, the markets have not opened while I'm recording today's episode, so we will see what this all leads into. All I know is that last night or yesterday that the world was enamored by Lady Gaga in the Oscars. God help us. So I had briefly threw out two tweets to respond to the 
this enamoring uh, concerning the Academy Awards, the Oscars, and Lady Gaga. Uh, One of the tweets uh, referenced the Oscars and Psalm 7312, which is in our psalm tomorrow. But Psalm 7312 says, Behold, these are the ungodly who prosper in the world. They increase in riches. And the other tweet simply referred to Gaga in Revelation 2.9. I know thy works in tribulation and poverty, but thou art rich. And I know the blasphemy of them which say they are Jews and are not, but are the synagogue of Satan. So keep this in mind as we continue on with this episode as well. I had also posted another tweet that simply said American banks in Revelation 18. I didn't post the text in its entirety, and I'm not going to read it here in its entirety. All I'm going to say is read it for yourself. And after you read it, tell me that you do not see America in that chapter. And then one argued and said, well, America is not mystery Babylon. Well, this is all that I know. I don't know if America is specifically referenced in this chapter. All I know is that America is clearly a type of Babylon. You can't read that chapter and not see America, mystery or not. I also know that what is sown is reaped and that all scripture is profitable for correction and instruction and righteousness to include Revelation 18. There's something to be learned from this chapter and its application to today. Galatians 6, 7, Be not deceived, God is not mocked. For whatsoever man soweth, that shall he also reap. 2 Timothy three sixteen. All scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness. And we need a whole lot of reproof and we need a whole lot of correction. And we find it throughout the Bible to include Revelation 18. Concerning the state of America and its Babylonian system, and practice that has even elevated the witch to high levels of government. Yet we read today in Exodus chapter 22 and verse 18, Thou shalt not suffer a witch to live, yet we are ruled by witches. Nevertheless, my friends, our mission continues within the reprobate states of America. A spiritual Samaria, if you will. Samaria was an enemy territory for the Jews. They they didn't want anything to do with them. And as we see today, America has become more and more hostile towards the spiritual Jews. I repeat, the spiritual Jews. Not to be confused with the Revelation 2.9 and 3.9 Jews that we referenced a little bit earlier in today's episode. So Samaria was an enemy territory that Jesus himself entered without fear. I saw a tweet from the Daily Spurgeon that quoted Spurgeon, who once said, there is no possible cause for fear for believers since Jesus lives. So if Jesus went to an enemy territory, then it's more than likely that we too can be called to serve within an enemy territory and speak to an enemy, the truth. Because we know that Jesus is king of the Jews, half-breed or not, which uh, the Samaritans were considered to be half-breed Jews. And whether these half-breeds or physical Jews accept 
Jesus or not, he is still king of the Jews. Definitely the spiritual Jews, all those who are in Christ, Romans 2, 28 through 29, for he is not a Jew, which is one outwardly, neither is that circumcision, which is outward in the flesh, but he is a Jew, which is one inwardly, and circumcision is that of the heart and the spirit, and not in the letter whose praise is not of men, but of God. So here again, again, and again, this is why I am not going to get fixated on the term Jew. Most do not understand the difference between the physical and spiritual. And then they find themselves focused on the havoc created by these Revelation 2.9 and 3.9 Jews. And yes, this is part of the very havoc that we are witnessing today, no doubt. But anyways, we are called to minister to all people including the Antichrist Jews, Samaritan or not, half-breed or not, spiritual or not. And Jesus led by example as he ministered to the people of Samaria in John 4, 4 in our reading today, and he must needs go through Samaria. And, and, and if he needed to go through Samaria, maybe we do too, because maybe there's some thirsty people there. Verse 7, there cometh a woman of Samaria to draw water. She saith unto her, Give me to drink. And then verse 9, Then saith the woman of Samaria unto him, How is it that thou, being a Jew, askest drinketh, drink of me, which am a woman of Samaria? For the Jews have no dealings with the Samaritans. It's here that we find that even Lady Gaga needs to hear the gospel. And now whether she rejects the gift of God, this living water, that's her problem, not ours. We're just commanded to go and to preach the gospel. Verse 10, Jesus answered and said unto her, If thou knewest the gift of God and who it is that saith to thee, Give me to drink, thou wouldest have asked of him, and he would have given thee living water. Now this living water that Jesus spoke of, it cannot be manipulated on the stock market. It cannot be lost within the banking system of America. This living water is not found in a well, and it surely is not found from your kitchen sink. Verse 10, Jesus answered and said unto her, If thou knewest the gift of God and who it, who it is that saith to thee, Give me to drink, thou wouldest asked of him, and he would have given thee living water. Yet so many think that this water indeed comes from the, uh, their kitchen sink. Why? No doubt so that they can market, market it for sure. No doubt so that they can say that, that they're the ones that can only distribute it. So it's here that we find that we might want to start getting our rabbis uh, correct. <laughs> this woman understood that Jesus was a prophet, that he was a great teacher. But guess what? So did Nicodemus, who was a religious man. A Jew, he understood, he said that, that, he, that Jesus could not do the miracles that he did unless he be from God. But I'm here to tell you, my friends, that Jesus is a teacher, a rabbi come from God, no doubt. He's more than a prophet, no doubt, and a high priest, no doubt. However, mere acknowledgement of this truth means nothing concerning entrance into the kingdom of God. And it meant nothing for this Samaritan woman too if she did not respond accordingly because you must be born again. John 3, 3, Jesus answered and said unto him, Verily, verily, I say unto thee, except a man be born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. 
Now Nicodemus, he didn't understand what it meant to be born again. Just as those who do not have eyes to see and understand by faith do not understand this truth today. He confused the necessity of being born again with the second birth from the water of the womb. Just as many confuse this water from the sink with the very living water from God through Jesus Christ. John 3, 4, Nicodemus said unto him, How can a man be born when he is old? Can he enter the second time into his mother's womb and be born? So it's here that we see the context of this living water as Jesus replies in the context of the question that was asked concerning the water of the womb. Not out of context, not out of context such as the interpretation of baptismal regeneration which teaches that you must be baptized to be saved. John 3, 5-7, Jesus answered, Verily, verily, I say unto you, except a man be born of water, in other words, of the womb, and of the Spirit, he cannot enter into the kingdom of God. That which is born of flesh is flesh. In other words, that which is born of the womb is, is born of the womb. That which is born of the Spirit is spirit. Marvel not that I said unto thee, you must be born again. And this is in direct response to Nicodemus in verse 4 when he says, How can a man be born when he is old? Can he enter the second time into his mother's womb and be born? It's here that we see that the mother's womb equals born of the water. It equals flesh is flesh. Therefore, if you believe that water baptism washes away sin, you are clueless. You might want to start looking for this pure water. This living water, sometime soon, because this water surely does not come from your faucet. Hebrews 10.22, let us draw near with a true heart and full assurance of faith, having our hearts sprinkled from an evil conscience and our bodies washed with pure water. Does not come from your sink, my friend. No, don't get me wrong. Take your bath. No one wants to smell your stench. But this is not the stench that we're talking about. We're talking about the stench of sin. That water from a sink cannot wash. 1 Corinthians 6.11 And such were some of you, but you were washed, but you were sanctified, but you were justified in the name of our Lord Jesus and by the Spirit of our God. Now if you need a further clue concerning the washing away of our sins, just turn to Revelation chapter 1 and verse 5. And we read, and from Jesus Christ, who is the faithful witness and the first begotten of the dead and the prince of the kings of the earth, unto him that loved us and washed us from our sins in his own blood. And this is exactly what he sought out for Nicodemus when he met him in the night. And this is exactly what he sought out for the woman at the Samaritan well. Now, you can mock the blood of Christ if you want with tap water, but I'm not going to do it, and I'm not going to stand by and let people do it. Now, of course, we allow this tap water to symbolize the regenerating power of the blood of Christ as we are water baptized, because this demonstrates our faith. It all boils down to faith, my friends. Now, there was a Christ friend who had simply replied, uh, yesterday in day 71 notes and just simply replied with Acts 2.38 then Peter said unto them repent and be baptized every one 
one of you in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. And it's here that we find one word that's going to help us interpret what is being said here. And that is for, F-O-R, which means because of. So in other words, then Peter said unto them, repent and be baptized every one of you in the name of Jesus Christ because of the remission of your sins. Now we are baptized and we repent and we continue to repent because of the remission of our sins. In other words, when I surrendered, when I called upon the Lord for salvation in 1993, October 31st, I knew that my sins were forgiven because of what Jesus did for me. Therefore, I wanted to be baptized. Therefore, I wanted to continue in repentance. Why? Because this is what the gift of faith does. It's only at this point of faith that we find ourselves filled with the Holy Ghost and finding ourselves being able to exercise the gifts that he gives us, including the greatest gift of all, which is the gift of salvation. We've seen this gift of salvation opened by the woman at the well, the Samaritan well. And we must remember, we must remember that the thief and many others did not have the opportunity to be baptized. <laughs> There's many. Those who are born again and have the opportunity to be baptized will be baptized. I know of no one in my 30 years of born-again Christianity who have refused baptism as a born-again believer. For instance, Luke 8, 48, And he said unto her, Daughter, be of good comfort. Thy faith hath made thee whole. Go in peace. Here we see a woman, another woman, that Jesus addresses as daughter, and she was yet to be baptized, but yet she was whole. She was whole because of her faith. And it's in verse 8 of John chapter 3, we read, The wind bloweth where it listeth, and thou hearest the sound thereof, but canst not tell when it cometh and whether it goes, so is everyone that is born of the Spirit. It's here that we see that all of the wind is from God, and so is all of salvation. Brother Petrie replied on Gab, he says, it's my understanding that the purpose for Jesus' baptism could have been for those unable to be baptized, just a theory. Well, my brother, it's the first I've ever heard of such. Now, immediately it sounds good on theoretical paper. However, it is faith alone that saves. We have to keep going back to faith. Ephesians 2.8, for by grace are you saved through faith and not of yourselves. It is the gift of God. This living water is a gift. This pure water is a gift. And Jesus found this woman at the well just as he found you and I with this gift. Now, if people do not believe in the miracle of your transformation in Christ based on this gift, they will not believe in a miracle of transformation for their own lives. Verse 12, John 3, If I have told you earthly things, and you believe not, how shall you believe if I tell you of heavenly things? <laughs> but yet people want to trust in the water from the faucet. Now I'm here to tell you that the water that Jesus has to give is much greater than the water from your faucet. Just as the Son of Man, which 
was much more than just a son of God. Many were called sons of God. But he was called the son of man in accordance with Daniel's prophecy because he is the divine man from the divine God. He is the son of God. And it's through him that we become sons and daughters of the Most High through this pure water, through this living water. John 3, 13 and no man hath ascendeth up to heaven, but he that came down from heaven, even the Son of Man, which is in heaven. There is no other Son of Man, the divine man. Jesus Christ, who died on a Roman pole called a cross, so that you and I can live. Verse 14, and as Moses lifted up the servant in the wilderness, even so must the Son of Man be lifted up. There is no other that could take up this cause. There is no other that can give this water that I speak of today. We are saved by faith. Faith that believes, repents, and works. Verse 15, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have eternal life. And this is a faith that never dies. This is a faith that wants to be baptized. This is a faith that wants to repent. This is a faith that wants to do works for God that are contrary to this world. I find that John 3 and 8, two of my favorite chapters in the whole Bible, and I expect very little to get excited over these things because I expect that very little are truly born again. I expect that very little have truly drunk from the water that I speak of today. I don't care if you've been sprinkled. I don't care if water's been thrown upon you. Have you drunk of the living and pure water is the question. Otherwise, we come to John 3.19 and this is the condemnation that light has come into the world and men love darkness rather than light because their deeds were evil. It's here that we find that John 3.16 is so much more than football eyeshadow. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. You think because you live life, you think because you're sprinkled or that you had water thrown on you. You think because you breathe freely that you are not condemned. And I say, think again, my friend. Verse 18, he that believeth on him is not condemned, but he that believeth not is condemned already because he hath not believed in the name of the only begotten Son of God. Think again, my friends. You are either born again or condemned, one or the other. John 3, 3. 3.20, for everyone that doeth evil hateth the light, neither cometh to the light, lest its deeds should be reproved. Just as the Lord reproved the woman at the well, you've been married five times, and the man that you are with now is not your husband. Now, you asked the question, is baptism biblical? Of course it is. However, it's not regenerational. Just as the water at that well where the woman even left her water pot, it's not regenerational. Just as communion is not regenerational as some teach. But I'll tell you what is regenerational. Faith. Faith is regenerational because it comes from God. It is a gift from God. John 3, After these things came Jesus and his disciples into the land of Judea, and there he tarried with them and baptized. Now as we go into verse or chapter 4, um, it would almost seem that Jesus baptized, but it says specifically in John 4 that he did not baptize. So it's here that we find that the office of our Lord baptized. 
His disciples were commissioned with this uh, baptizing. Now, the same faith that will be baptized is the same faith that will take communion if there is opportunity. We do these things because of our faith. And which brings me to the question, what part of all of salvation is from God do people do not understand? Faith is from God. John 3, 27, John answered and said, a man cannot, can receive nothing. John answered and said, a man can receive nothing except it be given him from heaven. Once we understand this, maybe we could say along with John, when he, where he makes the wisest, one of the wisest declarations in the whole Bible, as far as I'm concerned, in, in John 3.30, he must increase, but I must decrease. Why should he increase and we de- decrease? Because he's the giver of life. He's the giver of our faith. He's the one who strengthens us. He's the one who gives us boldness. He's the one who redirects our fear. And if you have received the testimony and this truth of God and Jesus Christ, you are sealed unto the day of redemption. You are born again. You too will say along with John, he must increase, but I must decrease. Verse 33, he that hath received his testimony hath set to his seal that God is true. It is finished. It is sealed. And it's with the sealing that we understand who has all power including the power to save. Verse 35, the Father loveth the Son and giveth all things into his hand. It really is just as simple as John 3, 36. He that believeth on the Son hath everlasting life, and he that believeth not the Son shall not see life, but the wrath of God abideth upon him. So, with thankfulness, Accept your rebuke from the Lord and understand that rebuke from man is one thing, but rebuke from the Lord is a whole other level. We see this rebuke in Job 38, 1 through 3. Then the Lord answered Job out of the whirlwind and said, Who is this that darkeneth counsel by words without knowledge? Gird up now thy loins like a man, for I will demand of thee and answer thou me. It's here that we find that we must be a man, Christian men. Face your God. Accept his rebuke with thankfulness. Because so many think that they know the things of God when, when they know of nothing. Job 38, 4-7. Where wast thou when I laid the foundations of the earth? Declare if thou hast understanding. Who hath laid the measures thereof if thou knowest? Or who hath stretched the line upon it? Whereupon are the foundations thereof fastened? Or who laid the cornerstone thereof? When the morning stars sang together and all the sons of God shouted for joy. You think you know it all, armchair theologian. You think you really know it all. Verse 17 and 18, Have the gates of death been opened unto thee? Or hast thou seen the doors of the shadow of death? Hast thou perceived the breadth of the earth? Declare if thou knowest it all. But you do not know it all, my friend. Do not know it all. And when this world attempts to throw out their propaganda of fear, understand who feeds the ravens. Never forget who feeds the ravens, Job 38, 41, who provideth for the raven his food when his young ones cried unto God, they wandered for lack of meat. 
God even feeds the ravens, my friends. No wonder the psalmist said in 71.1, In thee, O Lord, do I put my trust. Let me never be put to confusion. But people are trusting in all other things and then wonder why they are confused. And I'm here to tell you, this includes not putting our trust in Peter because Peter is not the rock. That includes not putting trust in me because I am not your rock. Jesus is the rock. Even the psalmist knew this in 71.3. Be thou my strong habitation, whereunto I may continually resort that thou hast given commandment to save me. For thou art my rock and my fortress. Why? Why do we not trust in man? Because our righteousness means nothing. But his righteousness means everything. 71.16 I will go in thy strength of the Lord God. I will make mention of thy righteousness even of thine only. Thine only. Only Jesus is righteous, my friends. Therefore, in verse 24 of the same psalm, my tongue also shall talk of thy righteousness all the day long. For they are confounded, for they are brought unto shame that seek my hurt. Just know, my friends, that the judgments that we read about in Exodus 21, now these are the judgments which thou shalt set before them. These judgments are not going away. They are either have been satisfied by Jesus Christ or they will be satisfied by you or I in a place called hell. Truly believe that this Samaritan woman that we read about today was wearied with the world of her day. In essence, she experienced her own sort of hell as she was divorced so many times. And I doubt that she wanted to go on to an eternal hell, that is for sure. And I know that many are weary with our world today and they are living their own hell upon this earth. But we read in John 4.15, the woman saith unto him, Sir, give me this water. Give me this water that I thirst not, neither come hither to draw. This water cannot be drawn from a well. This water cannot be turned on at your kitchen sink. Of course, this woman was tired and she was thirsty for this water that she could not draw. As we've mentioned, and as we have read, she was married five times and she was shacked up with another. Yet Jesus still found such a woman who was an enemy. She went, he went and found this woman who was an enemy. And you and I were enemies of Christ without him. But he found us. Verse 16 through 18, Jesus saith unto her, Go, call thy husband, and come hither. The woman answered and said, I have no husband. Jesus said unto her, Thou hast well said, I have no husband. For thou hast had five husbands, and he whom thou hast had is thy husband, and he whom thou now hast is not thy husband. And that sayest thou truly. You can't fool the Lord. He knows. He knows your past. He knows our past. You're not going to escape it. Just confess it and move on. So you can remember this if you've been divorced. If you've experienced divorce in your life, God is not done with you. You just need to get past it all. Get past all of the tradition and the politics and the establishment that has already condemned you. And This is a lesson that the Samaritan woman needed to learn as she immediately defaulted to these things when speaking to the Lord in verse 19 through 20, the woman saith unto her, Sir, I perceive that thou art a prophet. 
Our fathers worshiped in the mountain, and you say that in Jerusalem is the place where men ought to worship. And Jesus responds with the difference that is between that which is spiritual and physical, that which is from the Jerusalem above and from the Jerusalem below. That which is a spiritual Jew, a true worshiper under the authority of Christ, and that which is a Jew in name only, that which is Antichrist. Verse 21 through 24, Jesus saith unto her, Woman, believe me, the hour cometh when you shall neither in this mountain nor yet at Jerusalem worship the Father. You worship, you know not what. We know what we worship, for salvation is of the Jews. But the hour cometh and now is when the true worshipers shall worship the Father in spirit and truth. For the Father seeketh such to worship him. God is a spirit, and they that worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth. Notice that Jesus said salvation is of the Jews. In other words, the Jews were the physical vehicle that brought Jesus, who is our salvation, into this world. Nothing more and nothing less without Christ. Nothing more and nothing less without Christ as we've seen with Nicodemus when Jesus said to this religious Jew that he must be born again. Now Jesus never hides this fact that we must be born again. Jesus never hides the fact that we must repent. Jesus never hided the fact that he was indeed our salvation as the Messiah in verse 25 through 26 the woman saith unto him, I know that Messiah cometh, which is called Christ. When he is come, he will tell us all things. Jesus said unto her, I that speak unto thee am he. Jesus did not hide this fact. And once the Samaritan woman understood and embraced this truth, it seems that even a bank crisis was the least of her worries after this point. Verse 28 through 29, the woman then left her water pot. She left her water pot. She left her bank. She went her way into the city and saith to the men, Come see a man which told me all things that ever I did. Is not this the Christ? She left her water pot, friends. Should this not be so for you and I, concerning our focus within this world, yet so many of us act if we're going to starve tomorrow? No, what we're really star starving from is from the word of God, from this living water. So many are thirsty and don't even know it. And they're hanging, they're clinging on to their water pots. Thinking that's the water that's going to save them. No, it's not going to save you. John 4, 31 through 34, in the mean while his disciples prayed him, saying, Master, eat. But he said unto them, I have meat to eat that you know not of. Therefore said the disciples one to another, Hath any man brought him ought to eat? Jesus said unto him, My meat is to do the will of him that sent me and to finish his work. Ought this not be our meat as well? Yet so many are worried about their losses and gains within the stock market. Yet Jesus was concerned with the loss and gain of souls. Verse 35 through 38, Say not ye, there are yet four months, and then cometh harvest. Behold, I say unto you, lift up your eyes and look on the fields, for they are white already to harvest. And he that reapeth receiveth wages, and gathereth fruit unto life eternal, 
that both he that soweth and he that reapeth may rejoice together. And herein is that saying true, one soweth and another reapeth. I sent you to reap that wherein you bestowed no labor. Other men labored and you entered into their labors. Can you imagine this five time? A divorcee experiencing eternal gains? Yet she did. <laughs> she did. Verse 39, And many of the Samaritans of that city believed on him for the saying of the woman, which testified, He told me all that ever I did. It's here that we find that the political, religious, and cultural divide cannot stop the power of the gospel. Enemies or not, it cannot stop the power of the gospel. Verse 41 through 42, And many more believed because of his own word and said unto the woman, Now we believe not because of thy saying, for we have heard him ourselves. Know this, that this is indeed the Christ, the Savior of the world. Don't take my word for it. Go to his word. Open your Bibles. Read through your Bibles. And this is the place that you're going to find what faith really looks like. In verse 50, Jesus said unto him, Go thy way, thy son liveth. And the man believeth the word that Jesus had spoken unto him, and he went his way. Open the Bible, my friends. See what faith looks like, and you will do the same. You will believe it, and you will go your way, and you will tell others about the goodness of the Lord. You will not be clinging onto your water pots. You believe and go just like the Samaritan woman and the certain nobleman did. You will live by faith and perhaps your whole house will also follow in faith too. John 4, 53. So the father knew that it was at that same hour in which Jesus said unto him, Thy son liveth and himself believed in his whole house. But they too must go to the king. They too must go to the one who has the living and pure water. Because we think that we are in control and we think that we turn on this water and we think that our water pots are what's going to sustain us. But we are not in control and neither are these things. But Jesus is. We think that we have taught the eagles, but we have not. Job 39, 27 through 30. Doth the eagle mount up at thy command and make her nest on high? She dwelleth and abideth on the rock, upon the crag of the rock, and the strong place. From thence she seeketh the prey, and her eyes behold far off. Her young ones also suck up blood, and where the slain are, there is she. No man programmed an eagle's algorithm. No man taught an eagle to do these things. Yet we trust in so many other things such as the bankers even. <laughs> Too bad the bankers uh, do not follow their own Torah in Exodus 22.7. If a man shall deliver unto his neighbor money or stuff to keep and be stolen out of the man's house, if the thief be found, let him pay double. <laughs> Verse 12, And if it be stolen from him, he shall make restitution unto the owner thereof. Yeah, too bad they don't follow their own Torah. So, the question remains, bank crisis, thefts, corruption. All I know is this, my friends, Psalm 72, 4. He shall judge the poor of the people. He shall save the children of the needy and shall break in pieces the oppressor. Why? Because God is in control. 
faint crisis or not. And therefore, I will conclude with the psalmist in our psalm today, 7218, Blessed be the Lord God, the God of Israel, who only doeth wondrous things. I pray that this episode of Gospel was a blessing to you. And if you would like to become a team member of this Christ work, simply pray. Pray that God would use this podcast mightily for his glory. Share the episodes wherever you can and support with a subscription if you're able to do so. We are in this together, Christ friends. Keep up the good fight.